With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another World Cup special of the Premier League podcast here on FRS. My name is Sebastian Noor and with me is Elliot Niblock. Paulie's stuck in traffic. It is what it is. It's a duo today. We'll be like Romario and Bebeto back in 1994 and we'll make magic. Deep cut, then. Yeah, and we'll do that goal celebration where you sort of, you you know, you have the baby and you rock the baby to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, 1994 oh, had an abundance of really bad goal celebrations. I'm not saying that they're I better mean, today because we, we've seen some pretty shitty ones. But 1994, yeah, I mean, they were just, they were corny. Like you had... Kenneth Anderson of Sweden, he did the double finger guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then you had uh, you had Thomas Berlin who would just jump up and do a 360 with his hand raised up in the air. Really weird. And then you had Bebeto with the rocking the baby. And then you had uh, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia. They would dance by the flag and stuff. And it was, yeah, it's corny. But I'm I mean, not, it might even, it might. It's corny, but. It might like, be better I, still. I cheer for, well, maybe. Because this whole throwing I, off your shirt and flexing your abs, I, I don't care. I mean, I'm jealous of your abs, Shakiri. Very nice abs, well, but at the same time, meh. It's still know. not as strange as Mesut Ozil sucking the thumb baby point down celebration. Yeah, that's weird. It's, just, it's one of the most bizarre things. That is very, very true. Okay, so we're going to go through the... Remaining game of Group A, that was on Wednesday, and then we'll go through Group B, C, D, and E, as we had Group E play here today, Friday, as we record this. And first out, Uruguay, Saudi Arabia, going back to Wednesday. Um, A 1-0 game, so Saudi Arabia only allowed one goal in this game. Which was a shocker to me. I was I was sure they were going to get hit for, you know, three, four, or five. But all credit to them. I mean, I think that for their expectations, you know, I said this last show, is that if they score a single goal, then that's a successful World Cup. But you know what? Like, keeping at least close to a clean sheet is really the best you can hope for sometimes. Well, but I feel like that sort of fuels this you know, conspiracy theories too, that they were just throwing the game against Russia. Nah, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, my, like my capacity for expectation for like mm, wrongdoing when it involves the Russian Federation is extremely high. So like the idea that they might consider fixing the game is not unthinkable. Like you have to admit that, but I just, I don't know. They're also, Saudi Arabia are really bad. Like, no, that's true. Yeah, only goal in the game came in twenty third minute. Luis Suarez got the goal for Uruguay, so the uh, the biting thunder from Barcelona got his first goal of the tournament. 
So good on him. You know, it's actually their first game was dangerous because near the end he went down and he kind of he like sort of lunged at the player as he was falling and like he didn't actually do anything. Yeah, like, but oh, it was still it was a where I was like, that's that's close to you snapping, and when you snap, yeah. you literally snap your jaws. Snap. Yes, yes, like a snapping turtle or a rabid squirrel. I don't know what does he look. He looks sort of squirrelish. He has squirrelish features. I mean, he is the progenitor of the his teeth are offside chance. So yeah, there's a little bit of a squirrely face there. Yeah, but you know, all credit to him. He scored for Uruguay. I mean, and he'll be very happy for that, given the chances that he fluffed in the first game. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he had so many chances in that opening match for them. So right now, then you got Russia on six points. Uruguay, six points. They're both moving on, so congrats to them. Egypt, Saudi Arabia, better luck next time you're in the tournament, really. Uh, and I feel like Egypt, you know, due to Mo Salah's injury, it just feels like that sort of took the wind out of the sail for their whole tournament. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's such a shame. It's uh, again, I'm Sergio Ramos remains my favorite football villain to hate, uh, and that's one reason. But they can still leave the tournament with their heads held high. You know, I mean, it's it's frustrating. It will be interesting to see moving forward if uh, Salah plays their third match. Um, but yeah, it's it's too bad because it was a wonderful season. But you know. It, He's still going to be going back to Liverpool off of the greatest season of his life, and it's going to be disappointing, though. But he's going to be back in four years, you know. So, yeah, you would say that Egypt they have a good chance of advancing in four years. Absolutely, yeah. one nothing was a very I mean, popular result on Wednesday. All three games ended one nothing. The early game, those Portugal against Morocco in Group B, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, I was going to say, of course, but yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo had the lone goal in this one four minutes in. So it was yeah. a dream start for Portugal. They could play, you know, basically just play off the game, play on the result. Morocco did have a lot of attempts. They only had four shots on goal, though, but they had 14 shots overall. And they had seven corners. They had a slight majority of the possession of the ball as well. So... Morocco can feel a little bit hard done not getting anything from this. Whereas mm-hmm. Portugal, once again, I mean, it's it's the Ronaldo show, really. Yeah, God, and we'll obviously, you know, we will get to the uh, that omnipresent Ronaldo-Messi narrative later. But, like, it's just, I'm so sick of hearing it. But at the same time, you got to say that Ronaldo is carrying his team and... He's done it before, and, you know, I had somebody at the bar ask me this question, and I said... Uh, oh, the Ronaldo I, versus Messi? Well, that, like, if... It, well, yeah, but, you know, he was a casual fan. You know, he doesn't really follow the sport that closely. But that's the thing about the World Cup is that yeah. it's the, the great stage. So, you know, he was casually interested and asked me, okay, do you think that his performance for Portugal is going to change people's minds that actually he was the greatest player of this generation. And I told him like, look, first of all, I think that the idea that Lionel Messi can't be one of the greatest of all time without having ever produced a trophy for Argentina is ludicrous. 
So I don't buy that at all. But yeah, it's at the a same team sport. time, it's a team you know, sport. Yeah, exactly. But like, but you know, we speak in epochs in so many different walks of life, and you know, football, sports are one of them. And if Ronaldo, I said, like, if he continues to carry Portugal, and they will only go as far as he carries them. But if he does, then you know, it's a little bit of a false dichotomy to begin with. But I think that you can make that argument that. Yes, you know what? If, if Ronaldo carries Portugal deep into this tournament, uh, it's it is a substantial achievement to have done that immediately after the Euros, and given how he is the centerpiece, and it's all just a hidden show. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it comes down also to the fact that Argentina had Maradona and his. Oh yeah, and and the fact that he was such a linchpin when they won in 1986. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was like the whole focal point of that team was Maradona and he lived up to all the pressure, all the hype, everything and they won the trophy and the same pressure is being put on Messi and yeah. It's it's hard cuz it is a team sport. I feel like it's sort of something that has carried over from individual sports. Like it's easy in tennis to say like this guy is one of the world's best of all time because he has won x amount of titles yeah, yeah. and it's like he's 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 defeated player b this many times and if you're saying player b is the best in the world well actually i think player a is better because of this so it's a little bit more tangible when it's individual sports when it is a team sport like soccer like hockey like American football, it, it's tough. Yeah. Well, and, but, you know, the two things I'll say to that is, one, to the pressure that he was on, you know, we'll talk more about the results at the end of the show, but the scenes of Neymar weeping with tears of joy for having scored and won the group stage match against Costa Rica speak to the amount of pressure on players like Oh, that, yeah. You know? And, but at the same time, I mean, I think that it's, but he is, yes, that you can't really compare in a team sport, but it's interesting to me because Thierry Henry is a huge fan of tennis, and he's often said, yeah, I, I love playing a team sport, but I just happen to be the focal point of the attack, and I don't think it's ever reducible to one person. But when you isolate it in, like, this game, then, yeah, it is just, uh, you can speak about the greatest all time with a little bit more intelligence about what you're actually able to define as going on your own. Yeah, no, and that's true. And I mean, we 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 sort of say that too. We're like, oh, the greatest of all time. Where maybe we should do a little bit of dividing, like, oh, you know, the best center forward or the best winger, the best playmaker, oh, the yeah. best defender. Well, we have we have we have those conversations too. But you know, it's it's also human nature to want to put a superlative on everything like okay yeah yeah yeah, but what's the best no Don't. yeah of course and i mean i've what's been refrigerator i am so tired to draw a comparison to basketball i am so tired of hearing oh lebron against jordan against kobe i'm like totally different eras and that's the thing too because people like oh pele or Mar- maradona or messi or ronaldo well Totally different eras, totally different game than what it was back then. Well, we should get back to this era, but I mean, I think yes. that these this conversation of comparisons is going to keep going. But we'll see. Argentina, they uh, they still got a 
a twist that could could get them out of the group stage with some help. But we'll, yeah. we'll talk well, more the, about that. Well, the thing is, too, then, to wrap up the Portugal game, you know, Ronaldo, he comes in, he proves himself, you know, he proved himself in the Euros, He pro- he's proving himself here, and he's doing a really good job. Can't we just enjoy that instead of having a debate about Ronaldo versus Messi? Just enjoy it. I feel like in 20, yeah. in 20 or 30 years, 20 years, let's give it 15 years, my daughter, hopefully she'll be as much of a soccer nut as I am. And she'll be like, you guys were idiots. You were just bickering <laughs> among yourselves about who was the best one instead of enjoying no how way, they were. No way, man. It's, it's going to go on. It's going to go on forever. Yeah. Okay, so Portugal... They're in a good spot to move on. So is Spain after beating Iran one nothing. That was the late game, and um, Diego Costa coming up with the goods for the Spain team. Costa, I don't how they many. Like they look to... a very beatable, a very beatable Spain. I have to. Yeah, say. a bit. They're a bit older. You know, they're not. Yeah. They're not what they once were. Uh, I'm trying to look yeah. up I mean, here. Uh, let's see, international. So he now he has twenty-two caps. Although, be it that two of them were for Spain. No, no, no. He had twenty-two caps for Spain, ten goals. He has two caps for Brazil. You know, they were not competitive games. That's why he was able to switch over. But in twenty eighteen, he has four goals and six caps. So. That is good for him and good for Spain. Yeah, both teams sitting on four points. They had their really good 3-3 draw there. Um, And with Portugal taking on Iran in the last game, I would assume that both of these two advance. Yeah, I I would be... I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. Although you got to say, Iran really got there. They they showed up for this game, you know, and they had a goal called back for offside. Yeah, no, Uh, they're... I mean, they're doing... They remarkably well. well yes absolutely I, do, I just feel like port i mean with the way ronaldo is right now even though if he might not no, be the one scoring going. the goals he might have a couple of apples you know so we'll see we'll see uh moving over to group c they played uh, yesterday thursday denmark australia 1-1 a little bit surprised about the result in that one yeah, definitely. I mean, the Denmark went through early on a Christian Eriksen goal, and I think that Australia will be thrilled to just have gotten a draw from the penalty. Yes. Um, yeah, Mille Jerinak with the tying goal there on a PK. I mean, it's not yeah, bad. That's the soccer to get to do <laughs> much in this tournament, but no. And I mean, really, for Denmark too, having four points. Going into their last game against France, I mean that's not bad, but at the same time, to be sure that you're moving on, you need a point. Yeah, um, I, and which, I, think which, I mean, France might be totally happy playing for a draw because they 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 still win the group with that result. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they have they have not. They have not convinced me that they are. They are one of. I mean, this is often the story of the World Cup. That they are one of many extremely talented teams that I really don't think is kicked on and put it together yet to be greater than the sum of their parts. 
Yeah, if we move over to the France game, not to, you know, just brush over the Denmark game, we should say that Tim Kale still hasn't played uh, in the opening two yeah. games. He's been stuck on the bench, which is kind of sad. But yeah, it's surprising. Despite that, he's supposedly still in good sheer and trying to help his teammates, which is nice to see of a veteran like that. Because, I mean, he is sort of a national icon for them when it comes to soccer. No, I mean, I would be... I mean, I I would not be surprised if we saw him. Uh, and I think that the situation is for their third match is like they're clearly down by a lot. And then, you know, they'll give him a cameo in the World Cup at least. But you, know, you also want that veteran, veteran presence in the dressing room, if not more so. So, you know, I'm unsurprised to hear that he has carried himself by uh, being uh, not exactly the pouty put me in coach response. It's not what you expect from no. your veteran leaders. No, I mean, that's good. So we'll take a short break here. When we come back, we'll break down that France-Peru game. So stick around. Okay, and we're back. One nothing was the scoreline between France and Peru. Peru definitely held their own this one. Kylian Mbappe with the lone goal in the 34th minute. I did think Peru... Did a they had a very good game. I think France first half was very solid. It looks like they're sort of playing themselves into the tournament a little bit. But that second half, a lot of Peru, a lot of Peru. Yeah, I mean they're they are another team that is not advancing out of the group stage. I mean that's already mathematically decided. Yes, that's but a fact. They acquitted. The, yeah, they'll be. They'll be disappointed, um, you know, especially because they haven't gotten on the score sheet yet. But I still think that they've they've showed up and acquitted themselves well, and they'll be frustrated. But you know, the players have put in great performances, and they've you know they've been right there with it. Um, sad to see them not go through, especially because I have a friend who's in Peru right now. It's like oh, everybody's so distraught, but still, you know, happy to see the team play well. Yeah, there were some powerful scenes there, both players and fans, after the final whistle there as they were knocked out. Uh, you know, it's always sad, but at the same time, not everybody can advance. The marquee matchup, though, on Thursday, that was Argentina against Croatia. And uh, after Argentina's less-than-stellar opening game, um, you know, 1-1 draw against Iceland, a lot of people were hoping they, that they uh, were going to bounce back with a good performance against Croatia. Instead, we saw yeah. Instead, we saw a three nothing win for Croatia, and they took a lead after a horrible mistake by Caballero. Yeah, I don't know I mean, what happened a, there. Having a penalty saved, like oh, Messi has egg on his face. That oh, Caballero has all of the eggs. No eggs for you, Leo. Well, yeah. some eggs, too, but. Uh, yeah, no, it was a howler, but you still got to give Rebic a lot of credit because oh, although was... it was put for him on a platter, he took that chance beautifully. Yeah, that was one sexy finish. It was yeah. very, I mean, and, very nice. And the thing is that it had been like Croatia had, had their chances and they looked organized from the first, but it had been a far more back and forth. You know, I think Argentina, up until that goalkeeping howler had looked somewhat disorganized at the back, and obviously that disorganization was their undoing, but they also were dangerous in the final third, and it, it could have gone either way, but after that, it was all Croatia, yeah. all the time. 
No, it's true. Uh, so, I mean, this leaves the group wide open. Croatia, they're at the top with six points. So they're moving on. But then you got <laughs> Nigeria in second place with three points because they defeated Iceland 2 nothing today, Friday. And we'll get to that one in a little bit. And then you got Iceland and then Argentina. Yeah. I mean, so, from a results perspective, like a, uh, it is Argentina and that, that result that we'll talk about in a moment. You know, that means that Argentina, like their destiny isn't in their own hands, but it's very possible that they they could still manage to go through. But the reason that I am unconvinced of that is that like, how totally they fell to pieces defensively. That third goal was pathetic. Like watching Mascherano put his hand up, standing next to Messi, looking around back and forth as the Croatia players continue to move the ball around in, like, inside the six-yard box, practically. Yeah, And it was, it, it was so symbolic of kind of the way that they collapsed as a whole. You know, they just looked shell-shocked and without desire. And, you know, it seems like all they feel is the pressure and none of what they feel is the, like, the confidence. And they, they just totally switched off. I was, I was shocked to see them fall apart that dramatically. You know, I mean, I know that, again, we, talked, we already touched on that Messi-Ronaldo narrative. But, you know, whatever. Okay, he had a penalty save. It's not like he skied it over the bar, which we've seen other players do. But also, it is much, much deeper than just Messi. Like, the issues with this team, yeah, it's, unfor- it's almost more unfortunate for him that, like, this team is a-, a mess all over the place. So, yeah, okay, maybe Leo hasn't stepped up and taken care of everything by himself, but they do not play well together whatsoever. No, they and made, made I- a lot of changes here yeah. before this game, too, when, yeah, I mean, it's not a... I mean, honestly, it is not a very, you know, I don't look at this Argentina lineup and go, ooh, this is going to be a tough one. Yes, of course, when I see Messi and Aguero, I'm like, okay, we're really going to have our, you know, we really got to make sure to get everything perfect on the defensive end. But at the same time, I'm like, we can hit these guys. I feel like they're definitely vulnerable. I mean, just compare the midfields here. I feel like Croatia is head and shoulders above Argentina when it came to the midfield. Yeah, I, I just it's it's a it is such a cliche to talk about the uh, collection of individuals as opposed to a true team, which you know, <laughs> Tuchel didn't use that exact cliche, but it is it's apt here. You know, they're so deeply talented at every position, but they they look like they just met yesterday. <sighs> No, that's very true. And I mean, it's um, it could very well be a possibility that they get knocked out here. Because um, with the way they've been playing, I'm not sure that they'll steamroll Nigeria because they got to pick up some goals. they got to make up that goal differential. And then we already know that Croatia are going to rest like three or four players because they don't want to risk the uh, suspensions. Oh, yeah. So, well, I, mean, I Iceland can, I wouldn't put it past them to go and win that game, even though yeah, I've been, uh, even though I've liked what I've seen from Croatia. But when you rest I mean, four, four of your starting players, and you might do even more changes to that. Well, I mean, it it would seem that Iceland have the tactical advantage over Nigeria and Argentina for that reason, but they're also playing the team at the top of the group, so. 
despite the squad rotations, I mean, it's not a gimme that Iceland gets something from that game. No. So Argentina still has hope, but, you know, they they have to win, and then they have to hope that the Croats show up, even though they're rotating the squad as heavily as you could possibly expect them to. Yeah. Yeah, so if... I'm just trying to get the math here. So if Iceland win, Argentina has to defeat Nigeria by two more goals than what Iceland beats Croatia with. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll see. They've got yeah. five power. They just seem like they've got the safety on the whole time. Yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, where am I? There we are. So today we had three games. We had Brazil, Costa Rica, 2 nothing win for Brazil. Late goals, Coutinho, 91st minute, and Neymar, like, 97th minute. A lot of stoppage time in that one. Um, I mean, again, Brazil, 68% possession. 18-2 in shot attempts, 9 nothing in shots on goal. And it still took them that long before they got a breakthrough. I mean, if they would have dropped points in this one, oof. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, it went the the uh, tears of joy. <laughs> yeah, because like Pauly said last episode, Costa Rica not very good. Yeah, well, they have a very very good goalkeeper, and they played with passion. Yeah, but he can't score. He can't score for them. No, they're not. They you know they did have one chance that flashed just wide of the post. Yes, but I mean they didn't look dangerous throughout. But you know what? That's the thing is that. You have that one chance that flashes wide of the post and you keep a clean sheet and suddenly it looks like you might just go through to the knockout round. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, looking at that group, Group E, with the other result here today, we've already touched upon Nigeria-Iceland, but we should maybe go back into that one. Nigeria 2, Iceland nothing. Um, and Musa, both goals. Nigeria played very beautiful, well in this game. Beautiful goal. Yeah. Both. Very, very good yeah, in this was- game. For that side, wait, he's a player that I was kind of surprised because I, I rated him for a long time and I was a little disappointed for his sake that he couldn't really make more of a splash when he arrived at the King Power yeah. because he's, he is so fast and he's inconsistent, but just that first touch that he took, I mean, all of his touches in that second goal were great, but that first touch that he took to take it down and into his path and then he just says, right, okay, well, I'm faster than you. Yep. and weaves the ball in and beats even the keeper and taps it home. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. And I mean, he, you know, I've seen quite a lot of him from his days at Seska Moscow. And I mean, he was never a super goal scorer. He's never been. But when he gets a chance to use that pace and everything, sooner or later, he's going to score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think in Nigeria, hmm, we'll, we'll definitely see. But... It won't be uh they won't be an easy opponent for anyone, that's for sure. The late game today that was Switzerland against Serbia, the Swiss not Sweden. The Swiss. Uh take a two to one win over Serbia. Mitrovic opened up the scoring for Serbia, fifth minute, great powerful header. And then Granitsaka and Sheridan Shakiri with the goals for the Swiss. Chaka tied it up in the 52nd minute, and then Shakiri scored the winner in stoppage time. Both great goals. Man, that uh, that that rip from Shaka from distance, even though one of the defenders went, you know, yeah, Ivanovic. to go to ground. Ivanovic, I don't know yeah. what he's doing. Stand up there well, and the th- ball hits you. 
I know. I think this, I, to be charitable, it was he thought he was going to drive it low and hard, and so yeah. he was going down to defend against that. On film, what it looks like is he ducks uh, to avoid what was the equalizer. Yeah. No, pretty <laughs> uh, much. But it was a great strike from Jaka, and I think that illustrates why he's part of Unai Emery's plans. I just wish that you would get fewer cards and, you know, hit the target more frequently. But all credit to him for getting it. Yep, he did. Uh, it was a great strike. And well, the series yeah. finish was excellent as well. Like, this, yeah. was, this was a phenomenal game. He didn't pick up a card in this one, though, so that's good, I guess. Shakir- well, yeah, for some reason he only does that for Arsenal. Yeah, Shakiri <laughs> did get a yellow card for his goal celebration. He ripped off his jersey and oh, flexed. He took, off his, he took off his shirt. He did a Ronaldo. Yeah, a it's little a, power. Yeah, no, that's true. Power so boxing muscles, one of those is one yep. of the <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, still very interesting in Group E since you got Brazil, top of the group, four points, uh, plus two. Then you got Switzerland, four points, plus one. Zerbia, three points, uh, they're zero, um, plus minus. And then Costa Rica, zero points, negative three. So we will, it will be a pretty cool and interesting last game there between Zerbia and Brazil. Yeah, no, I mean, and Zerbia, this was an even game between them and Switzerland. Like, they looked up for it and they looked dangerous. Um I, mean, I think they'll be disappointed in the results, but yeah, they they are far from they are far from out of it. You would, however, really expect Switzerland to uh, clean up in their last game, but Costa Rica kept Brazil out for ninety minutes, so you never know. Yeah, I mean, I could see it going that way. Switzerland defeat Costa Rica, and then Brazil gets a draw against Serbia, maybe, because that's all mm-hmm. they really need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, Neymar. Still not fit. You can. You, it's so easy to see he's not fit. Yeah, and then yeah, he had so. a pretty bad ankle rollover in this game too, that they played. Uh, did not look nice at all. If it was me, my foot would have been broken. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean just some. Of, that's the thing. Like some of these guys, you know, because they've played so long and they do all the right stretching and everything, you know, you look at it and they roll their ankles and you're like. Ooh, that looks, oh, yeah. that looks horrible. And then it's like, no, you know what? He's going to keep playing. Okay, cool, cool, good on him. Got some flexible yeah. joints and whatnot, ligaments. Um, and then you get barely touched on the cheek, and then you oh, go yeah, into then, the fetal position and scream at the top of your lungs. Yeah, that's <laughs> very, very true. Uh, before we say goodbye here, let's just take a quick look ahead at a couple of games here over the weekend. Uh, we got South Korea, Mexico. That's an interesting one, of course. A lot of Mexico fans have their hopes up now after the win over Germany. I saw some story today that, yeah, Mexico, they should be a, a title contender. I was like, it's been one game. Take it easy. Yeah, um, no. So we'll, we'll see how they fare against South Korea, if they can keep their foot on the ground and get a result here against a hardworking South Korean team. I, I'm not... Yeah. They're not super talented, but they're hardworking for sure. And then we'll see how it goes. That other game between I mean, they Germany won't be and Sweden. A, they won't be a, yeah, I mean, they won't be a pushover opponent by any means, but you'd still expect Mexico to win that game despite the industry of the South Koreans, especially if they are going to 
make a statement, you know, and actually make a run into this tournament, which I do think they can. You know, I I wouldn't go so far as to say, oh, they're shooting for the final, but uh, I mean, they showed what they could do, and if they put in performances like they did against Germany, well, they beat the reigning world champions, so you have to say they could beat anyone. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. I don't think that, you know, be it consciously or not, I just don't think that a game like South Korea, they're going to come up in that same standard. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I think that they clearly, well, you, you know, we've got to speak also about how we've seen teams perform thus far. And like the, I have to say that they, they showed up for it and they were focused in a way that certainly Argentina have not been. Oh, absolutely. You know? No, uh, I mean that we're, I'm not taking anything away from their first game here. The, beating Germany is a very good accomplishment for them, but mm. I'm ho- I mean, hopefully for the team though, Osario is keeping everyone level-headed, so they're not think that they're just gonna run away with this. Yeah, because South Korea is hard to break down. Same with Sweden; they might not be super flashy going forward, but it, it's two teams that are hard to break down. So we'll. Yeah. And I, they're, that's the thing too; they're not gonna play like Germany. Against Germany, they mm-hmm. were able to play more on the counter. They didn't see a lot of the ball. I think they're going to see a lot of the ball against South Korea. I think they're going to see a lot of the ball against against Sweden too. So it's going to be a different type of game for Mexico, but uh, definitely something to look forward to. That's 11 a.m. tomorrow Eastern time. Uh, Sweden play Germany after that 2 p.m. And then the early game is Belgium, Tunisia, England. We should probably talk about them. So they yeah, play their, they play the early game on Sunday against Panama. And from all the looks of it, uh, Deli Ali is out, and uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek is in. Uh, there was a story uh, I read on Sky Sports that. Um, let me see where I found that. Oh, I can't find it now. But anyway, so one of the assistant managers accidentally leaked the starting eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which was kind of kind of funny. Um, well, I know that it's Gareth Southgate's policy to let his players know, you know, for the starting match, I think they knew a full two days ahead yeah. of time just to kind of like ready yourself mentally. And so the disappointment of finding out, uh, finding out on match day that you're, you know, not one of the first names on the team sheet means that you get to kind of prepare mentally in a way that I think can only be beneficial for a team, you know? Oh, absolutely. No, and I th- I think, too, that even if Delia Lee would be at 90%, I still would rest him against Panama. Yeah, well, and and I think that you would expect England, without Delia Lee, to still be able to put some balls in the back of the net again. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Panama, yeah, they're going to fight and everything, but they have to be one of the weaker teams in this tournament. Yeah. Oh, de- I mean, definitely. Yeah. Um... But like they had some fight in them, and they, you know, they, they got three goal. It could have been a lot more, right? Like they got scored on a lot, but they didn't get steamrolled entirely. They had a lot of last ditch, you know, uh, saves. It could have, the scoreline could have been embarrassing, and maybe it's damning with faint praise to say, "Hey guys, good job. You only lost three to nothing." Yeah. But nonetheless, like they're not a total sieve. No, that's true. Uh, and then. It looks like Marcus Rashford is in instead of Raheem Sterling. 
I mean, that seems like a good choice. Raheem Sterling did not look like he was brimming with confidence to score for the three Lions in match day one. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what the actual lineup uh, is, but I thought it was pretty funny that it unintentionally leaked like that. Southgate said that it wasn't the final 11, but, you know, whatever. So we'll see about that. Other games on Sunday, we got Poland against Colombia and Japan against Senegal. So a pretty good weekend, I would say. I think that that Group H is turning out to be really interesting. I oh, mean, yeah, it, absolutely. It's pretty much a must-win I mean, that... game for both Poland and Colombia. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like with that early red card that... I mean, Colombia had a nightmare scenario, right? Like they oh, yeah. they fielded their first 11 without their star player and James Rodriguez, and they gave they then had a red card and a PK in you know the first few minutes of the match. But I mean, I think that Japan also deserve a lot of credit for fighting in order to get that second goal. I mean, I'm I am thrilled about Group H. I you know, Seb, you and I were talking before we started recording the show that I have just on the whole been thrilled with the games that we have seen in this tournament. I mean, obviously from a U.S. perspective, I I was gnashing my teeth about not being here, but I'm at least happy that even if I don't get to cheer on the Yanks, I have the opportunity to see football of this quality because it has been not just total bus parking and some of the most exciting international football that I can remember. Yeah. No, I mean, I do want some more goals. There's been a couple of one nil, too many one yeah, nil, but, but at the same but, time, but at the same time, this is, I I forgot which year it was, but we still haven't had a scoreless draw yet, and it's like the first time in forever. Yeah, yeah, so. totally. And a lot of those one nil games, not all of them, certainly, you know, like the Portugal <laughs> getting early on the team, the score sheet, and then just leaving it for the rest of the match. Yeah. But a lot of them have also been late drama too. Yep. So, um... no, it's true. It's been it's been very very good so far. Uh, with that, we're gonna say goodbye. We'll talk to you again in a couple of days. Until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keith was better. Until next time, have a good one. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paulie, and as we are in the midst of this tremendous World Cup, which has been, by all accounts, great and highly entertaining, a recent trend has really come to light, which might explain why not only are all the favorites dropping points early on and struggling, but why this might be one of the most open World Cups we've ever, we, in, in recent memory. Um, we are currently in the midst of the longest South American drought between winning a World Cup. So the, the longest amount of time since a South American team has won. It's a grand total of three World Cups. Now, what a lot of people are suggesting about this is there's been is that we are now fully amidst the generation of players in South America who get the hell out of South America. And, you know, when these, these players are leaving their South American clubs to go to the big leagues in Europe at younger ages than ever before, at 18, 19, 20. Rather than staying in South America for a while and developing there, they're leaving to go to Europe, which by all accounts is probably better for their personal development when you're playing against top top opponents, when you're being pushed in training, um, when you're fighting for your place in the team. 
But what it's doing is when you have players in all these different leagues, you're losing that sense of the national identity and, and teams are playing and the players don't all play amongst the same system. Now, no two teams play the same system, or if they do, there's still going to be differences. But certain leagues are different. The Spanish league, La Liga, is different than the Premier League, which is different than Serie A, which is different than the Bundesliga. So even though your skill sets are there and you're pushing yourself and you're playing each other in the Champions League, a player that plays in Germany is going to come back to the national team with a, more, with a different understanding of a system or of a style than a player that plays in England or, or Spain. Now, if you look at the last three winners of the Champions League, 2006, Italy, every player on that team played in Serie A, which at the time was pretty much the most dominant league. The year, uh, in, in 2005, the year before that, AC Milan practically or should have won the Champions League, barring a late miraculous comeback from Liverpool. Two years prior to that, um, AC Milan and Juventus contested the Champions League final. Italy was the top dog at the time. Flash, flash, uh, fast forward four years later to Spain, and Spain, their team, primarily consisted of Barcelona and Real Madrid players. They had three players, Fernando Torres, Cesc Fabregas, and backup goalkeeper Pepe Reina. They were the only players that played outside of Spain. They all played in England. Two of them played for Liverpool. That team, uh, the year before that, in 2009, Barcelona ran away with the Champions League. And they made up the bulk of that Spanish team. Fast forward four more years, you get Germany. In 2013, Bayern Munich won the Champions League. Um, They beat Borussia Dortmund, another German team. Now you're looking at a German team that had five, six players coming from outside Germany. The rest, primarily Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund players. So there's this whole style here that all the players are already used to, which is easy to buy in. Now this year, Spain, they are mostly Spanish players. Germany, they're much more spread out. Italy, well, they're not even in the tournament, which just shows how far Serie A has fallen. But that's the problem that South American teams have, are, are having. It's the problem that the Dutch have. The Dutch used to have Ajax, which developed great players, and they would stay until they were in their, in their, late tw- in their early 20s. Now those players are leaving at 18, and the national teams are suffering. And it, prevent, it presents this interesting theory about, you know, what's really the best for the national team? Do you want your players in your country? Do you want your players all in another country? But when you get a mix of these different countries, it becomes hard for the national teams to gel. And that's probably, and that's not probably, but it, it could be why teams like Germany and like Brazil and like Argentina are struggling. And unless you want to say, well, England, all their players play in England, therefore they're the favorites, unless you want to say that, then this is going to be a very open tournament. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.